up to Isaiah 59. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, your anointing. Glory to God. I want to welcome my in-laws, Frank and Claudia. They're tuning in right now. They're on their boat on Lake Huron, and they're listening to us via telephone on the little machine we have back there. So say hi, Frank and Claudia. Oh, they're probably laughing their heads off right now, so <laughs> hallelujah. What a blessing. Well, today, I want to talk about overcoming the storms of life. I know that there's people in this place that are going through some storms. I know there's people listening to this radio broadcast right now that are going through some storms. Amen? Amen. People listening all over the world on the internet. We had reports of people tuning in from Zimbabwe, over in the UK, the sermons on the internet. And I know they're going through some storms too, amen? So this is a very relevant message. I believe it's Holy Ghost birthed and breathed, amen? I want to give you five keys that will help you to build strong faith and trust in God in the storms of your life. See, these keys will help you overcome those storms and will put you over into victory in this life. I said in this life, not just when you get to heaven someday. God wants you over into victory in this life. Listen to me. Storms will come, but the thing that determines the outcome is how you act in the midst of it. Some say, well, I'm never going to have a trial. Well, I'll tell you this right now. They're living in la-la land. Amen. They're taking too much Prozac then. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, storms will come. Everyone right now, I want you to do something for me. Hold your arm out, and I want you to pinch yourself. Okay, pinch it real hard. Now, if you feel it, you will have trials and storms in your life. <laughs> if your heart is beating and you have breath in your lungs, you will face trials and tribulations. I guarantee it. Yeah, but Pastor James, you're talking out of faith. No, I'm talking reality. Because they're going to come. Maybe you have a sickness or a disease in your body. Maybe you're having major financial problems. Maybe it's marital problem. But if you keep your course and stay strong in the Lord, that thing you are facing won't remain forever. Amen. Remember that sermon that I preach called Season of Change. Seasons change. The thing that you're going through right now is going to come to an end. It might not feel like it, but sometimes these Michigan winters feel like they last forever. But the fact is, it finally comes to an end, and spring arrives. Well, same thing in your life. I don't care what you're going through right now. It's going to come to an end. It can't last forever. It won't last forever. Now, maybe some of you uh, listening to this aren't facing any trials right now. And for you, there may be a tendency to not listen closely to this message. Uh, there will be a temptation not to pay attention. Uh, but you need to. Because trials will come and these keys will help you. 
overcome the raging seas. And maybe God put this message upon my heart to share with you to prepare you for a storm. Did you hear me? Maybe you're not going through anything now, but you need to prepare for the storm. Before Hurricane Katrina arrived in New Orleans, some people did not prepare. Remember watching the news? They all were hanging around, playing in the streets, having a great time. All they seen was the sun and the beautiful weather before the storm arrived. And when the storm hit, people lost their lives because no preparation. They disregarded the warnings. And I'm telling you, we need to prepare for those times when the storms are going to come. Some storms are caused by our own foolishness. Some happen because of persecution for being a Christian. And other storms are just a flat-out attack from Satan and evil spirits. Can you say amen to that? Whatever the cause, we need to be prepared so we can come out victorious. Because we can come out victorious through any storm. Well, now there's different ways. If it's something foolish thing you've done, well, you need to change. If it's the devil, you need to take authority over that thing. Amen. And stand on the word. But uh, whatever the cause, we need to prepare. be prepared. Now, real quickly, I want to touch on faith. Now, of course, we know how to get faith. Uh, that's found in Romans 10, 17, which is well known. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Is that correct? Yeah. Now, the context of that verse in the original Greek is this. Ready for this? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. Did you catch that? So the more of God's word that you have and the more you hear it and feed on it, the more faith you're going to have. It's not just a one-time thing. We need to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. See, Jesus said in John 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear or know my voice. The only way you're going to know his voice is from his word. God will never contradict his written word. God will never lead you outside of the boundaries of the written word. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the word of God. And that's why the word says the Holy Ghost, uh, Jesus said the Holy Ghost is going to bring all things to your remembrance. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the word of God. So if you don't have the word of God in your heart and before you, the Holy Ghost has nothing to bring to your remembrance in the time of storm, in the storm of trial. Amen? And how many of you know when you're going through a trial, when you're not getting into the word and you're feeling far away from God, that word seems so far away, doesn't it? That's why God says, hide your word in your heart. Feed on it. Hear it. Hear it. Hear it. So it's available to pull up out of the stock room by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, uh, the first key to overcome the storms of this life is to, number one, choose to believe that the Lord will never forsake you in the midst of your trial. 
Did you hear me? I said, choose, choose to believe that the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. Well, we know we have God's word on it, don't we? But you, it's still a choice. How many of you know faith's a choice? You can know something all day long, but you can choose to disregard it. And anything that has a choice attached to it requires discipline on the, on the part of the believer. Discipline. Look at Psalms 9, verse 10. Psalms chapter 9, verse 10. I want to show you something here. We must choose to believe that God is never going to leave us, nor forsake us, even in the midst of our storm. Even when he feels so far away, he never backed off from you. You backed off from him. Psalm 910, listen to this. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Now, I have underlined here, and they that, underline it, know thy name. It's a knowing, an intimate knowing. It's knowing God through his word. It's knowing God's character by what the word of God says. Know those who know thy name. That know the name of the Lord and all the benefits that are in that name. Will. There's that will. They choose. There's a will. Your will is involved. There's a choice that you have to make in the midst of your storm. Are you going to believe that God is nowhere to be found? Or are you going to choose to believe he's standing right by your side even when the rains are coming down? See, those who don't know him, and I'm talking to Christians now, because there's some Christians, yeah, sure, they know about him, they know the way to salvation, but they don't know him. Uh, there's not a knowing, there's not an intimacy, there's no relationship. Amen? All that God is to them is fire insurance to keep them from the pits of hell for eternity. I'm talking about those that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Underline them that seek thee. Well, why wouldn't he forsake those that know him, those that have an intimate relationship with him, those that choose to have faith, believe he's still there? Why, uh, why would God not forsake them? James 4, 8 <laughs> James 4, 8 says to draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I'll tell you right now, if you're not drawing nigh to God in the midst of your trial, you're on a road to destruction. Because all you're going to do, there's no standing still in the Christian life. You're moving forward or you're going back. There's, there's absolutely no way of being parked in the Christian life. Amen. Going forward or moving back. You need to draw nigh to God. You need to choose to draw nigh to God and believe his word. And as I said, that takes discipline. You bet it takes discipline. When all of the circumstances in the natural seem so overwhelming, it takes discipline. And I'm not saying it's an easy thing. It's not. <laughs> That's why we're, we're calling it discipline this morning. Amen. 
But that's why many Christians begin to backslide in the storms of life. Now, how does a Christian know how strong their faith is? How does a believer know how strong their faith is? When it's put to the test. When it's put to the test. How do they handle the storms of life? How do they handle the stresses that come against them? That's how you'll know what you're made of, so to speak. Amen? That separates the men from the boys, the girls from the women in the faith. You see, it's easy to lift your hands and praise God when everything is perfect and going right. When that money's coming in, amen. It's easy to lift your hands then. If you have strong faith, it will cause you to draw closer to God and not farther away from him in the midst of the storm. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, how many of you know that each individual in this place and listening to me on the air, on the internet, uh, all of us listening here, we're at different straight, uh, stages in our Christian walk. Amen? We are. We're at different stages. Some are up here, some are in the baby. Some are mature, some are in the baby stage. Uh, but, uh, you know, in those who are in the baby stage now, that could be a Christian, uh, uh, that's just a Christian who's not mature. That could be someone who maybe just got born again not too long ago. Or maybe uh, it was someone who's been a Christian for a while, but they just haven't grown spiritually. You know, that's possible. I, I've seen Christian, people who've been Christians for 50, 60 years, and they're just as much as a baby as the day they were born again. Very, very possible. Very possible. And listen to me. A lot of times, the ones who draw back from God in the storm are the baby Christians. They're the baby Christians. Well, the new believers, you know, they get saved. They hear it's going to be just uh, fun all the time. But no one ever told them, hey, storms are going to come. So when the storms come, they say, you didn't tell me this was going to happen. You didn't tell me this persecution was going to come. Amen. So what happens? They draw back. <laughs> well, this, this Christian walks too hard. Amen. And so they need to stand strong in the Lord. Um. But, uh, you know, the baby Christians are the ones you have to spoon feed. You have to spoon feed them the word. You have to change their diapers. Amen? They're babies. They're baby Christians. Uh, but we need to grow as Christians. Don't be content staying at the baby stage. Um, when you find yourself in those circumstances in the natural, like I said, it seemed contrary, you need to force, I said you need to force yourself to stand on the promises of God. Amen? When it seems like the waters are going to overtake you, you need to stand on and quote Isaiah 59, 19. Go there. 59, 19. Isaiah 59, Oh, because oh, the storms can rage in, on this earth, in this life for the believer, for all people. But us believers have the hope. We have the helper here to help us. One called alongside the help, the Holy Ghost. Amen? Look at this. Isaiah 59, verse 19. It says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. 
Stand on that when the floods of life come and try to overtake you. Go to Psalm 46, 1 through 3. Psalms 46, verses 1 through 3. Talking about how to overcome the storms of this life. It says, God is our refuge and strength. He encamps around the people, his people that trust and put their faith in him. He is a refuge holding back the waters, pushing the waters back. Amen? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So if you think you're in your storm and God's not with you, well, you're unscriptural then. Because it says he's a very present help in trouble. You need to tap into it by faith. Verse 2, therefore, we will not fear. Has fear grabbed hold of you? You think this situation's impossible? Think again. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, God is our refuge, our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Number two, the next thing to overcome the storms of life. You must allow the word of God, the promises of God, be the anchor of your soul. Now go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16, verses 16 through 19. We need to allow the word of God... The promises of God be the anchor of our soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what does an anchor do? Well, my in-laws who are on their boat right now, they have an anchor on their boat. If they want to stop and camp out somewhere, what do they throw over the boat? An anchor. It keeps them in that place. It makes them stand still. Now, what if the waves get crashing? Well, that anchor's there. And this is what the word of God can do for the believer in the storm. It's our anchor of the soul, of our emotions. Now, Hebrews 6, 16 through 19 says this. <clears throat> for men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for the confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise, the immobility of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was and is, come on now, underline it, impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Look at verse 19 now. Which hope we have or expectation, confident expectation we have as an anchor of the soul. There's nothing else on this earth that can anchor your soul. There's nothing. Everything else is shifting sand. But the word of God is an anchor. And that anchor's got to be tied to you. Is it tied to you or have you let go of the anchor? In your life. Notice it said. It is impossible for God to lie. We absolutely have no reason. Not to believe God's word. 
because it's impossible for him to lie. What he spoke is the truth, and that's it, plain and simple. Faith in God's word will keep your mind from wandering and fear from overtaking you. It'll keep you anchored. It'll keep you steadfast, as the word says. Amen? Number three, the next key to overcome the storms of life. You need to know that the word of God has been proven to be absolutely trustworthy. Go to Psalms 12, verse 6. Psalms 12, verse 6. It says, The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You know, if I'm giving spiritual counsel or spiritual guidance to an individual, and I'm giving them scriptures that deal with their exact problem that they're going through. If, if I'm, I mean, bullseye, they come to me, they say, yeah, I have this problem, Pastor James, and I give them scripture that gives them the wisdom of God on that thing. How many of you know the word of God is promises to cover everything you're going to go through on this earth? So when I give them scriptures, uh, and they're not drawing any hope, or they're not getting wisdom, then I know that they're not convinced or truly have a revelation that the Bible is the word of God and not the word of men. If, I, if I'm week after week, day by day, and I'm giving them scripture that deals with that one thing, and there's not one ounce of hope that's rising up in them, not one ounce of strength rising up in them, I know that they have a roadblock of believing, not trusting the word of God. It's that simple. It's that simple. Until they acknowledge the Bible as the word of God, their faith is going to waver. If they're not convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, their faith is going to waver in the storm. They count the promises of God no greater than me promising them something. No greater than the word of men. Because they're trying to figure everything out in their own strength when there's scriptures that give them the wisdom of God on that matter. Psalms 11.3 says this, If the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? The word of God is the foundation, the only foundation for our faith on this earth. And if a person struggles with that issue as a Christian... There is no foundation in them. There's absolutely no foundation for them to build their faith upon them. Their life will be a mess. And then they'll go searching for every other thing to, to replace the word of God in their life. How many of you are following me this morning? Is this a relevant message that the Holy Ghost has given? Amen. Amen. See, throughout the ages, we need to know that the word of God has been proven and tried and is true. Throughout the ages, men and women who have put their faith in God's word have not been disappointed, and they won't be disappointed now. The Bible's just as relevant today as it was back when Jesus Christ walked the earth. Amen? Just as relevant. And do you want to know why Psalm 12, 6 says the word of God is pure? Because it's pure truth. It cannot fail. 
but you must believe what it says and act on it to enjoy the benefits of it. You have a part to play. Wouldn't it be great if we didn't? Wouldn't it be great if we were just puppets? But we have free will. Uh, and, and first off, you know what? If we were just puppets, that wouldn't be love toward God. Amen? He wants us by our own free choice to believe what he said. To love him with our free will. That's love. Not some puppet thing. Amen? Number four. Uh, overcoming the storms of life. We need to expect Jesus' shepherding care in the midst of your trial. Look at Psalm 23. Very, very, very popular psalm. It's called the shepherd psalm. Let me just read through it here. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, oh, so we just got a clue. If the Lord is your shepherd, if, the, if you're following the Lord, these benefits apply. Oh, think about it. We, we, don't we just go through the scripture so quick sometimes? Oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want to. Oh, but, 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 there's a condition there. If the Lord is your shepherd, then these apply. It says, I shall not want. There will be no lack. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, that always baffled me. What do you mean for your name's sake, Lord? Because you, he can only bless you if you're walking in righteousness. Right. He wants to bless you. But you got to be walking in righteousness, be walking in the word. Amen? For his name's sake. Because he gets joy out of blessing you and I. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, we always read this at funerals and stuff, you know, and we apply it to the person who died. Oh, they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not talking about that. It's talking about people in the midst of a valley on this earth, in trials and tribulations. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He's prodding us along. He's leading us in the way we ought to go. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do to you. God is right there, and he's preparing a table for you for your victory meal. Amen. Hallelujah. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. It'd be good if it was just filled. But he said it's going to run over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if the Lord is your shepherd, Amen. if the Lord is leading you. Amen. Number five and my last point, a key to overcoming the storms of this life, you and I have to make a conscious effort to daily commit all of our plans to the Lord. Do not presume his help if it's uninvited. Oh, that's a two-part there. Make a conscious, conscious effort to daily commit all of your plans to the Lord. Before your feet hit the ground, say, Lord, I'm committing this day to you. 
Now, and then do not presume his help if it's uninvited. How many of you know some things aren't going to happen in your life unless you pray about it? Amen. Amen. Now, so verbally, don't just have it. Yeah, you might have it in your heart. Okay, I'm going to commit. But speak it. Speak it. I found it brings more accountability when I let what's in my heart come out of my mouth. Verbally tell the Lord every morning that you're going to commit everything, everything to him for his glory. Uh, And then ask him to bless your day. Ask him for wisdom to get you through that specific day. You know, sometimes we get so lazy and we try to do what I call blanket prayers. Lord, I pray you would bless this year. You know, you say one prayer on January 1st and he, you know, it's supposed to cover the whole year. No, no, no. Every day, every day, make it a point to seek him in prayer, to stand on the word. Get up in the morning. Confess the word. Go to revivalchristian.org. Go to resources. Click on daily confession of God's word. I have a, a, what, four or five page list of confessions that are based on scriptures. Get up in the morning, confess them. I'll tell you, by the time you get done with it, you're about ready to run a lap around your house. Amen. You feel so fired up spiritually, ready to take on the day. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, there's some things that won't come to pass unless you and I pray for that thing to happen. Well, Jesus gave us that principle in the Lord's Prayer, didn't he? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We have to pray the will of God down on this earth. Amen. Now, uh, I want to invite Brother Scott. Brother Scott, he was sharing with me, he had a, a song and... and he, I told him yesterday at the healing meeting what my sermon was, and he was debating whether to, to sing this song. And when I told him, I said, hey, you want to know the title of my message? And I was like, why am I telling him this? I didn't know why you said it. And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you. And then I felt an urge. All right, overcoming the storms of life. He looks at Chris and says, well, I guess I will be singing that song tomorrow. Brother Scott, come on up here. Before our altar call this morning, I want him to sing this storm. The Holy Ghost ties it all together, doesn't he? Praise you in this storm, it's called. How many know that uh, the Lord's the giver? Giver of life, the giver of peace, giver of joy. How many of you know he takes away too? He takes away our sin. He takes away that uh, heaviness. The things he takes away are the things you want taken away. God is good all the time, amen? Through the rain, I'm 
as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands. You are who you are, no matter where I am, every tear I I will praise you in this storm. I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry to you and raised me up again. But my strength is almost gone. How can I carry on if I can't find you? And as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands, for you are who you are, no matter where I am, and every tear I cry, you hold in your hand, you never left my side, and though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I'll pray
let's all stand in this place this morning. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, God is with you. Hallelujah. First things first, though. If there's anyone in this place that is not born again, you've never had that no-so experience, I want you to come down to this altar. See, when you get born again, you'll know it. It's not some guess. If you're unsure, you need to come up and pray and have that no-so experience. And you can say, today, on May 7th, 2006, was my new birthday. New birthday, hallelujah. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, or you've never had a no-so experience, I want you to get down here right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Now maybe you've been a Christian for a while. And you've fallen away. You know you backslidden. Boy, you're so far in the mud. You know it. It's not a secret. It's written all over you. And most of all, it's not a secret from God. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and start brand new, I want you to come to this altar and put everything you've done under the blood of Jesus and get put back in right standing with him with a clear conscience. Now, sure, maybe you've been born again. You had that no-so experience. You know you're born again. But you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. It is a second experience apart from the new birth experience. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism to be a powerful witness for Jesus. Oh, and there's other benefits that go along with it. But the primary benefit is being a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to come forward. I want to lay hands on you and pray for you to receive the Holy Ghost baptism. If you need a healing in your body, maybe you missed the healing meeting last night. You need a healing in your body. You need a miracle in your life. You just need someone to pray with this morning. I want you to come down to the altar. Now, I'm going to open this up also for anyone who's going through a storm right now and you're committing your life. You're committing to anchor yourself in the word of the living God. If that's you who's going through the storm, if, if that's you the Holy Ghost was speaking to this morning, I want you to come down to this altar and I want you just to seek the Lord and you make your own dedication to the Lord. Your own dedication dedication and declaration that I'm anchored with you God I realize you have not left me in the midst of the storm but you're with me always yea even unto the end of the world even unto the end of the age specifically says the altar's open worship the Lord it's a song please
not apart from him, but with him this morning. With him. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, I don't want to move if it's not with the Lord this morning. Oh, I want to move with him. You're thinking all the time He 
This song and let it minister to you this morning. His arms around you hold you tight. And if those clouds should start to break, you'll be standing out in the rain with you. And though it's hard to believe, he believes in you. God is watching over you. Watching over you. Doesn't matter if you feel him or not. sees you down by the water line he knows and he's there now my brother bill said he has a word that he wants to share with you guys can you unmute the handheld please there thanks i believe that uh lord showed me something through this whole service um at least some of the storms that people are going through today are trusting for their loved ones they're worried about their loved ones and the lord showed me spoke to me and he said he has put his light in you he's brought you out of those dark places and if you will stand strong and let that light come out of you that it will spread to them and he will bring them in and as I was praising and worshiping the Lord gave me a vision and it was 
that light coming down in each one of us. And then as it comes down, it spread out to everybody around us. But he said to make sure that you don't give up. Let that light keep shining. And I, it, I wasn't going to say anything, but the Lord just kept laying it on there. So stand strong and don't give up letting your light shine because he's going to bring them in. Praise God. Word from the Lord. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Well, we've got to cut this thing short. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Don't let Satan steal that from you because God received you mm -hmm. holy. He gave you his robe. He gave you his yes. life. And that's Luke 15 if you need to read that. Oh, yes. He said, I'll in no wise cast you out. Amen. Good word. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming. But RCC members, 1215, go to the old Trinity building. Do you know where that's at? If you don't, come and see me. Or you can follow us or whatever, but we got to get rolling. Realtor is going to meet us out there to open the doors. So God bless you. See you there.